0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Corner Bible Podcast. The first episode of the Asking for a Friend series. My name is Dante. I'll be your host for this series. And uh, kind of the idea of this series is that we'll get questions from uh, (laughs) Um, pre-curated. And we'll have pastors come in and try to answer them to the best of their knowledge so that you can have these these little 15-minute episodes to try to answer some of these questions for you. Today I have with me uh, Pastor Rich. Pastor Rich, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Dante. How are you?
0: I'm okay. I'm a little sick, but we'll make it through. Yeah, so.
1: we will make it through it together.
0: All right. And uh, today, for you, Rich, we have this question. Are some of us predestined by God to enter his kingdom before we are born and others not? If so, then why? Why isn't everyone given the chance to become a follower of the Lord?
1: Yeah, I think the individual that got to curate the questions really gave me an easy one to answer today. So. <laughs> yeah we're going to uh, jump into this. And I I do think predestination is something that we have to actually take a look at. We have to consider it uh, because it seems that the scriptures articulate that people are predestined uh, and some type of predestiny is happening throughout scripture. You might disagree with that, but that's okay. We have to do something with it because again, it's in the scriptures. So you might be able to see that in Romans and Ephesians, first Peter revelation uh, throughout the old Testament. So you can't really hide from this question of predestination. Uh, What I would like to do is actually start with a few scriptures so that we can see God's plan in predestiny and then kind of give a little definition of what it actually looks like. So in Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world gets into predestination, predestined before they were born, as the question asked, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And then Romans 8, 29 through 30 says, for those, and this is a predestination passage that is often utilized to articulate this point, is that for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In verse 30 it says, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and whom he justified he also glorified. So some Calvinists think that that's all one process, but uh, I would uh, debate that just a little bit, that that's all a part of an overlying uh, process for us. And in John fifteen sixteen, you can see that it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the father in my name, he may give it to you. Revelation thirteen eight, And all who dwell on the earth will worship everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life who was slain. In 1 Peter 1, 2, it says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling of His blood. So again, a lot of passages about what it actually looks like to be predestined. And at Corner, we like to take time to actually discuss what some of these words mean, because in the English language, sometimes what we're getting uh, from the Greek and the Hebrew don't really truly articulate what God is getting at there. So it says, For those he foreknew. Foreknowledge is the idea we're discussing in this predestination, but there's a uniqueness um, in this knowing of people. And we discuss this a lot here. Again, how this word has many meanings in our languages that don't quite hit the nail on the head for the depth that God is getting at when he says foreknowledge or knowing beforehand. Scripture says that he knows everyone on earth, but that he knew Israel or he knows the church. There is a level of intimacy that comes in predestination that he is stating here. I know certain people personally. Um, I would know uh, Pastor Mike from our staff or I would know you, Dante. uh, But I know my wife because we have become one. In Genesis, Adam knows Eve. He sees her. Before they become one, he understands who she is. He has a knowledge of her. He writes a song about her, but then all of a sudden he is one with her and he knows her. There's an intimacy that happens there when two become one. And this is what God is articulating when he talks about foreknowledge. It's not just that he knows them because he knows all of humanity. But right now he knows you intimately. He predestined you and he had a foreknowledge of who you were going to be. Again, a level of intimacy. He foreknew means simply that he knew beforehand. And he foreloved means he loved you beforehand. And he predestined simply means that he predetermined.
0: So Rich, a lot of people would ask that if, you know, if it's true that God uh, predestined us and foreknew us and has this plan for us, then what even is the the point of doing the work and, and evangelizing and, and if it's all already going to happen, what's why do we have to do it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's the point? Uh, why do we actually do any of these things if he already knows who we are and knows what we're going to choose and knows who we're going to become? What's the purpose of sanctification? What's the purpose of, and that's where we would get into this process of Calvinism saying it's all one and the same. It's really not back and forth um, in that. And I would say in determinism, we ask those questions. Why do we evangelize? Why try? Why isn't everyone given the chance, which was stated in the question. And that's because we never know when the Lord will open the heart of an individual to receive the gospel for the very first time. Our role is to obey, to be obedient, and part of that process is doing the work even if we don't know what the end outcome is going to be. So the question for us ultimately comes back to will we serve without knowledge of the end outcome in this person's life? Um, And that's where evangelism comes in, that we never know, again, if God is going to open this individual's heart um, during this time. So can we continue to serve without knowing the end outcome? And sometimes I would say, Dante, that the test is of our faithfulness just as much as it is them receiving salvation. Will we be faithful if we don't know? And I think that's a hard question for us to answer. We do know that scriptures are clear that there is a sign of fruit in our lives um, to know if we're saved, if we've actually, um, if we're predestined, if we're foreknown, um, there's going to be some fruit in our life. Now, that doesn't mean perfection, so don't hear that as we're talking about that today, but it means to be in pursuit of obedience to Christ. You know, for example, I, I coach football as well, and week one, we were awful. We were so bad, and all of a sudden, we are now, as we're doing this recording, three and three, and we lost the first three games, but in all of those games, we saw a pursuit of obedience to the coaches. They were learning what they were supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden, there was a fruit that could be visibly seen, and our call is to do the same thing. It's to bear fruit, even though... We were already chosen because our teacher, our coach has commanded us to throughout scripture.
0: And so I think um, naturally the next question would be about free will, about choice. What, it, Where does that fall into uh, all of this plan and all of this foreknowledge and predestination?
1: Again, a great question for us to actually get into. So why... Or is there free will? You know, the difference, the debate between Calvinism and Arminianism and and how both sides fall on the, the opposite end of the spectrum. But scripture also says that his ways are higher than our ways. That's in Isaiah 55, eight through nine. And I think we have to consider this idea of free will, even if we're on the, the side of predestination, we have to consider it as possible. Now, don't beat me, okay, if you're a Calvinist, but what we're talking about is as possible within the bounds of predestination or being predetermined. And I'm taking this through the lens of Ephesians 1.11, realizing that although maybe there is a choice uh, for us to make, God is ultimately still in control, that he is still the one that's leading all things. And Ephesians 1.11 says this, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that although we we may have a choice in this matter, he is still working all things together according to his will, not our own. So given a choice, it still comes around. And and this is where I lie, um, that even though we still have a choice, God is continuously working these things together for his good and his purposes. But I want to take just a moment because I also see some foundation for free will or, or choice in the scriptures. Now, these are some scriptures that actually take a look at this and you can look them up as well, Dante, and, and have kind of a, a feel for what we're getting at here. But Galatians five thirteen says, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh or choice, but through love. Serve one another. So again, you see that do not use it as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't use it as an opportunity. And this is a choice that we get to make. He's saying, don't do that. Sanctify, serve one another. John 1 12, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, there's a choice. There lies a choice for us free will. He gave the right to become children of God. Not because of anything we did though. And let's make sure we hit on that. Not anything that we did, but because of the goodness of God. Um, John seven seventeen says, if anyone's will, some translations say choose here. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. And then Mark eight thirty four says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, as I read those scriptures, it, it clearly identifies that there's some choices that we get to make in this, in this, in the scripture, in this context. So, so what do we do with that? Because Jesus is ultimately giving the disciples in Mark eight thirty four specifically a choice to pick up their cross or to walk away. So what do we do here? If they were predestined, what, what are we doing? And, and of course, I know that the Calvinist argue, argument would be, well, those that walked away are, are really not predestined. They were predestined to do that. So it's all, you know, it's a wash, if you will. But scripture also shows a lot of ideas. Uh, you, you think of Judas and, and so on and so forth, where there's, there's some issues underlining. And of course, he, he may have been created for for evil, but well, we can get into that in another podcast. But again, Genesis 2:16 through 17 I think articulates this free will choice to us better than other passages do and it says and the Lord God commanded the man saying you may surely eat you're free to choose of every tree of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die and again it looks like there's a choice to be made here. And this is in the beginning. And we always talk about what the intention was in the beginning. It looks like he wanted them to choose, but still be obedient to his word and to not eat of the the knowledge of good and evil. So it's something, again, we can get back and forth on that, but it looks an awful lot like he has predestined those he foreknew that there is an element of choice that plays along the storyline as well. And I started this. Um, question with saying predestination is in scripture we have to at least hear it we have to at least do something with it because it's there so we look at choice and say man it's here you know there's a there's a part in in the the old testament where saul is is given a choice and what he's going to do and and ultimately god says uh, through samuel if you would have chosen this path it would have went this way but instead, you chose this path, so now it's this way. That looks an awful lot like there is a a I don't want to say a backup plan because that's that's questioning God's uh, uh, you know knowledge and and in, in predestining um, predestiny excuse me overall. But it looks an awful lot like both are in play. So as we talk about this, I, I would argue, you know, are both our brothers and in our forefathers in Calvinism and Arminianism actually hitting a part of God's grand plan on both sides? Do we have to be right or wrong? Is it both and?
0: Yeah, I think those are some, definitely some good questions. I think uh, there are a lot of information there that definitely helps clarify at least some of this. Um, and I think an interesting point that was made was that the, the, the Calvinist idea of people that are predestined for falling. Um, and as uh, far as I know, you actually are interested in tackling that at least a little bit deeper in a future episode.
1: Yeah. I think that there's, there's a, a, a scripture that is often used in predestination is that some are created for honorable use, and some are created for dishonorable use. And I think that question is such a hot topic. Um, you know, if, it, if God is good, then why? And I don't want to take um, thunder away from articulating this idea of predestination and determinism and free will and, and totally do a disservice to that question. So we're going to hit on that, actually, when we get back together and, and really ask the question, are some people predetermined to go to hell? Because if that's the case, man, doesn't it totally shatter some things? And, and I, I just want to make sure that we take time to, to articulate that question and answer it really, really well. So we're going to do that next time.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a question that I myself have struggled with a lot. So I'm very much looking forward to that episode. And, uh, yeah, we will wrap it up there. Thank you so much for your time, Pastor Rich. Uh, just if you have any uh, questions, listeners, that you want further questions or further clarification, or potentially like a, a, another side question that could become a new episode, um, just let us know at the cornerbiblepod at gmail.com. Uh, that's cornerbiblepod at gmail.com. Or uh, all of the social medias for the church in general will be in the description of the show. And uh, yeah, with that, thank you again, Pastor Rich, and uh, we'll see you, uh, listeners, next episode.